0: Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, October 25th. Two weeks to go until Election Day. Upwards of 9 million ballots have already been cast across 40 states. And the big midterm focus today is that marquee Senate debate in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Senate race was always sort of circled on the map as one of the most consequential races of the cycle. Not only was it the place that Democrats thought they would have the best chance of flipping a Republican seat to a Democratic one and try to add to their numbers in the Senate, but it was obviously home to a razor thin race between President Trump and President Biden back in 2020. And it is a race that has taken twists and turns few would have predicted, including celebrity television Dr. Mehmet Oz as the Republican nominee, including the fact that the lieutenant governor Democratic nominee John Fetterman had a life-threatening stroke back in the spring right around the primary. So this race has gone through a lot of twists and turns, and tonight could not be a more important moment. The stakes are high for each of the candidates. Obviously, for Fetterman, you know that he and his campaign have been talking about how he continues to have these auditory processing issues from his stroke. And therefore, what you will see tonight in the debate is a little different. Fetterman is going to be able to read from closed captions. So there are two 70-inch monitors placed above the debate moderators, and he will be able to see their questions in closed captioning. He'll be able to see what Mehmet Oz is saying in his answers on the debate stage. So Fetterman is looking to use this moment to show Pennsylvania voters that he's up to the job, that despite his health challenges, he is totally equipped and able to handle the rigors of the job of a United States senator. And if for some reason that is not how he presents tonight, that could cause him significant problems in these closing weeks with voters. On the other hand, there's a lot riding on this for Mehmet Oz as well. It is a very close race. You saw our poll yesterday had Fetterman at 51 percent and Oz at 45 percent, just outside the margin of error, slight Fetterman edge. Today, CBS News has a poll out that also has Fetterman at 51 percent, but has Oz's number a bit higher at 49 percent. So a two percentage point race, no clear leader there within the margin of error. The biggest difference is the CBS poll shows that Oz has done more consolidation among Republicans than what our poll showed yesterday. Mission critical for Oz is to seal that deal. With Republicans to make sure all of his own fellow partisans are on board with his campaign tonight. So, look how he does that tonight. He's winning with independents, which is critical for his success. But he too has to prove that he belongs in the arena tonight, right? Here he's somebody from outside of politics who's known on television as a celebrity doctor. This is going to be his big moment before Pennsylvania voters to show that he is actually prepared and knows what it will take to be a United States senator, that this isn't just some sort of vanity lark for a television personality. And I think that'll be a a critical mission for him in the debate tonight. Pennsylvania is not the only debate tonight that we'll be keeping an eye on. You've got that closer than expected New York gubernatorial race between Democratic incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul and her Republican challenger, Congressman Lee Zeldin. This debate did not look like it was going to take place for quite some time, but the candidates finally agreed to do it and to get on the debate stage together. Crime has been such a central issue of late in this campaign. Both candidates have been advertising on that issue. I would look for that conversation around the issue of crime to be a centerpiece in the debate tonight. And in Michigan, we're going to see Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic incumbent, take on her Republican challenger, Tudor Dixon. This will be their second and final debate. As for last night's big debate down in Florida between Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and Democrat Charlie Crist, They went toe-to-toe over issues like abortion, Hurricane Ian response, the response to the COVID pandemic in the state of Florida, and of course, many of the ongoing culture wars that are so front and center in Florida politics of late. DeSantis is the clear favorite in this race, and... Christ knew that this one debate was his opportunity to try and upend the trajectory of the race. It's not clear that he accomplished that in this one debate, but he wanted to make the point that DeSantis is much talked about as a presidential candidate in 2024 and that perhaps his eyes, though he's seeking votes for reelection, are already set beyond the borders of Florida. DeSantis did not take the bait. Give a listen, courtesy of WPEC and Sinclair Broadcasting will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question, it's a fair question, he won't tell you. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just wanna make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Criss. Today on CNN, Charlie Crist attempted to rebut the old, worn-out donkey line that DeSantis used in the debate. Here he was with my colleague Erica Hill. The only thing that's worn out in this campaign are the antics of Governor DeSantis. I mean, the fact that he pits group against group, uh, chastises children, uh, really is uh, making it harder for us to vote in our elections in Florida, uh, more difficult to have mail-in ballots for our senior citizens. I mean, he's not helping our state And he's making it less affordable every single day. The broad reality of where we are in this midterm political season just two weeks out from Election Day is that Democrats are increasingly worried that this entire election season may be collapsing on them, that the weight of the president's upside down approval numbers the fact that the economy and inflation is such the dominant issue and that the party in power usually you know takes the brunt of that from voters when that is top of mind and people are concerned about the direction of the country so all the environmental sort of atmospherics around this election point to the likelihood of a potentially very good night for republicans and democrats are really starting to express concern and it's why you hear president biden really try to send in this closing message on the contrast with Republicans that he's urging Democrats to not allow this election season to be seen as a referendum on the party in power, but to make it a real choice. Here he was on Monday. Democrats are building a better America for everyone with an economy that grows from the bottom up and the middle out where everyone does well. Republicans are doubling down on their mega mega trickle down economics that benefits the very wealthy fail the country before and will fail it again if they would. And we've just learned from some brand new reporting by my colleague Phil Mattingly that President Biden is putting money where his mouth is. He has directed the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, to immediately transfer $10 million to the House and Senate Democratic Campaign Committees, those groups that are in charge of maintaining the House and Senate majorities for Democrats, as well as a guarantee that he is going to get an additional $8 million on top of that $10 million into Democratic campaign coffers with additional fundraising events, both in person and virtual, and tapping all of the Biden grassroots donors list. So a total of 18 million dollars that Biden is tacking on to everything he has already done for Democrats this season in terms of campaign cash. Whether that last minute infusion of dollars is enough to stave off a red Republican wave this November, well, we have to wait two more weeks to count the votes. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening, and please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over thirty-seven thousand companies have already made the move to Netsuite. Backed by popular demand, Netsuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com/briefing. Netsuite.com/briefing.